0: Jack Hughes missed his third straight game for New Jersey Devils. Nico, he sure is in a bit of a slump, but Ryan Graves was able to get his first career game-winning goal. We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils, Oh, 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 stepped oh, up, Stanley all righty now what is up new jersey welcome back to the locked on devils podcast here on locked on network i'm your host college hockey play by play announcer devils Ride for pugs and pitchforks and also part-time credential media member trey matthews so Two orders of business. One, I apologize for any thunder that you might hear on the recording. It is storming for the first time in like ever in Arizona. And second order of business, I apologize if my throat sounds a little scratchy. I apologize if I'm speaking in a lighter tone, dealing with a little bit of a sore throat, but I'm a warrior and I'm going to fight through it. So That's neither then or there. Let's talk about this 3-2 to victory by the New Jersey Devils against the Columbus Blue Jackets because they were able to get another game-winning goal within the final few seconds of the game. Now, it was an exciting finish to the overall matchup, but the New Jersey Devils, let's face it, that was not their best showing against the Columbus Blue Jackets. So for the first segment, we're going to talk about Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer because Jack Hughes missed his third straight game. And now I'm going to give you guys my overall opinion as to how I personally feel the New Jersey Devils have been playing without his services. Then I'm going to talk about Nico Heischer and his overall struggles because it's something that I'm seeing pop around on Devils' Twitter just a bit, so I want to address it. Then in the second segment, I'll talk about the overall game. And then the third and final segment, like I do with every post game recap, I will talk uh, about my final thoughts and reactions and give the New Jersey Devils a letter grade while comparing the stats. So first order of business, let's talk about Jack Hughes because Jack Hughes missed his third straight game for the new jersey devils so he was practicing with the team and he was fully healthy during the morning skate so he was present in that sort of matter however the new jersey devils decided to scratch him for this game and i said it in the last episode i said you're going against the columbus blue jackets let's face it they're not really all that good of a team so at the new jersey devils worst they're still way better than the columbus blue jackets is absolute best however the columbus blue jackets were coming off a bit big victory against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So that's something you also had to factor in. But I felt as though the New Jersey Devils were going to come out on the winning end with or without Jack Hughes. So I think it was a smart move by the Devils organization. And Lindy Ruff also revealed that Jack Hughes has been making uh, full strides to his recovery and he's making great progress. However, my overall opinion is simply this. I think Jack Hughes is fully healthy, but for precaution reasons, the New Jersey Devils just decided to scratch him from the game. Because like I said, there's no point in playing your best player when he's coming off of injury and you're playing against one of the worst teams in the entire league. So no disrespect to the club as Blue Jackets but the Devils don't exactly need to be at full strength to potentially beat this Blue Jackets organization because remember the Devils were able to thrash him the first time they met him a few months ago by a score of seven to one that was around Halloween time so I think it was a smart move by the New Jersey Devils to uh, scratch Jack Hughes. Don't rush the process, and I i compare it to the situation that's happening in the NBA with load managing. So when your star player isn't like 100 healthy, or maybe it's just teeter tottering in that sort of regard to maybe like 99 to 100, especially if you're a playoff team, just sit them out, especially against a game that doesn't really matter all that much because you need Jack Hughes fully healthy come playoff time. Now let's talk about the New Jersey Devils and how they've been playing overall without his services so like i said at the beginning of the show this was the devil's third straight game without jack Hughes' services However, I know I know the overall effort doesn't really show it. I think the Devils have done a decent job of just treading the water because this is what I talked about a few episodes ago in which I uh, described how Jack Hughes being out for a few games can affect the Devils. I just said, as long as the Devils just try to rack up the points somehow, some way, I think they're going to be just fine. I wasn't expecting for them to... Uh, be as good as they were if Jack Hughes was inserted into the roster obviously and I know a lot of fans are frustrated but the one thing I have to tell you guys is make sure you keep your expectations somewhat moderate for the Devils organization now uh, when looking at their schedule obviously Jack Hughes suited up in the game against the Vancouver Canucks then he missed the Seattle Kraken game he missed the Minnesota Wild game he missed the Columbus Blue Jackets game the Devils have to play the St. Louis Blues and then the Pittsburgh Penguins so The Blues, they're not really all that good of a team. They're obviously going to be sellers within a few weeks of the trade deadline. They've already gotten rid of of Vladimir Tarasenko. So does Jack Hughes play in that game on Thursday? I'm not really entirely sure. But at the same time, it's just like if he is a scratch once again, I'm not going to be too mad about it. But uh, Jack Hughes is traveling with the team, if you hadn't uh, known already. So I anticipate for him to either play in the Blues or the Penguins game. So if not the Blues game, then certainly against the Penguins. Otherwise, he wouldn't have made the road trip, in my opinion. But when looking at these previous scores for New Jersey Devils, the Devils beat the Seattle Kraken 3-1. to Then the New Jersey Devils lost in a shootout to the Minnesota Wild on Saturday by a score of 3-2. to And then the Devils were able to beat the Columbus Blue Jackets 3-2 to in regulation when there was literally only like one second remaining in the game. So the New Jersey Devils have done a decent job of just treading the water, and that's what they need to do. I know they're not playing their best brand of hockey, but the one thing I have to tell you guys is keep your expectations moderate, and you got to give credit where credit is due because the New Jersey Devils, without Jack Hughes, they're on a three-game point streak. And that's uh, vital because they're they're getting five points without their best player in Jack Hughes. So I think they've done a decent job. In that regard so once again i know it's frustrating i know i'm frustrated when the new jersey devils have to like squeak out a victory against one of the worst teams in the entire nhl but at the same time they're for the first time they're in a vulnerable position now i'm not trying to say that the new jersey devils are completely reliant on jack hughes but this is the first uh time this season where the new jersey devils are hit was some sort of adversity so obviously Andre Palat went out for an extended period of time, same with Mackenzie Blackwood, but we found that Mackenzie Blackwood was somewhat replaceable and we're still replacing him with Vitek Vanchek because Vanchek is having one hell of a season. And then for Andre Palat, Uh, We had some moderate expectations for him, anywhere from maybe career year to maybe just being a decent filler role. So Andre Palat is a little easier to replace compared to Jack Hughes, obviously. So I know the New Jersey Devils have been hit with that sort of adversity, but they haven't really been hit with the adversity of losing some of their big name players. So Nico Heischer, he did miss the first game of the year. Jesper Bratt, he hasn't missed any time. Jack Hughes, first time where we're missing him these last few games. So I just want you guys to have that sort of perspective, which is, the New Jersey Devils, they're still trying to adjust without Jack Hughes. It's a good challenge for them, but I think they're living up to the challenge by racking up these points. Now, speaking of points, let's talk about Nico Heischer because these last few games for Nico Heischer, he's been silent a little bit, and honestly, I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't disappointed in Nico Heischer's, uh showing these last few games because the one thing I said for Nico Heischer was that I expected for him to step up his overall game when Jack Hughes went down because I wanted to show everyone that the New Jersey Devils are not a top heavy team. They have a lot of great weapons that can be utilized to you know, somewhat filled the void in Jack Hughes' absence. But Nico Heischer, he hasn't really done that the last few games, so he didn't really do anything against the Columbus Blue Jackets, wasn't able to rack up a point. And then in the previous matchup against the Minnesota Wild, wasn't able to rack up a point. Against Seattle Kraken, he was able to get an assist. But when looking at his previous six games dating back to the Nashville Predators game on January 26th, Nico Heischer only has a single point during that stretch of game. So we're talking about after – the All-Star break, Nico Heisher really hasn't uh, gotten his rhythm back. So Nashville, Dallas, All-Star game break, and then uh, just nothing on the uh, book except for that assist against Seattle Kraken. But the one thing I have to tell you guys is that it's bound to happen. Our players are going to struggle at some point during the year. And Nico Heisher struggling now, and the New Jersey Devils still finding ways to squeak out victories and rack up points. Once again, I think it speaks testament to – who they are as a team, because in the game against the Seattle Kraken, we saw Dougie Hamilton step up his game. Minnesota Wild, we saw Thomas Shatar step up his game. He was on hat-trick watch. And then in this game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, we saw Jesper Bratt play really well. Then we saw someone like Yegor Sharon Go, which He was able to get his 12th goal of the season. And then, um, obviously, Ryan Graves was able to – walk away the hero as he was able to get the game-winning goal within the final second frame of this game. So Nico Keisher struggling. Yes, I know you guys are a little frustrated with his overall uh, performance, but the one thing I want to mention for uh, Nico Keisher and in his defense, when looking at his stretch of games from December 13th through uh, December 21st, Nico Heischer didn't rack up a point in any of those games. So the New Jersey Devils, they played against the Dallas Stars. That's one game. Then the Philadelphia Flyers, that's two. Florida Panthers, three. Carolina Hurricanes, four. Florida Panthers, again, that's five. So we're talking about five straight games during the month of December at one point where Nico Heischer didn't rack up a point. And I didn't really hear anyone talk about it in that sort of way uh, as much as they're talking about it now. But the one thing I can say is, is that Nico Kiescher, he's a two-way player. So even if he's not stepping it up on the offensive side of things, as long as he's doing a decent job on the defensive side of things, and trust me, the New Jersey Devils need a lot of help in terms of just trying to find ways to uh, get the puck free from their opponent or suppress shots, whatever the case might be. I know Nico Kiescher is a forward, but at the same time, you can't deny that he's a good two-way player. So as long as Nico Kiescher is doing well in that sort of way, I'm really not going to uh, say it's the end of the world or anything in that nature. Nico is obviously very important to this roster. He's very important to this team. So I think uh, his overall struggles for the time being, um, just look at what he's doing on the defensive side of things and then go from there. He's going to get it going once again. And we talked about the same thing about Jesper Bratt when he went on a bit of a cold streak during the month of December. It's going to happen, okay? Players go on streaks. Doesn't matter if you're the best player or the worst player. Let's not lose faith in our captain, and he's going to pick it up. So, I, yes, I did expect for Nico Hesha to pick up his overall game, for the, but for the time being, uh, the New Jersey Devils are still finding ways to rack up the points, get some wins without Jack Hughes, and despite a little bit of a struggle from Nico Hesha, it's just a few games, guys, and remember, he was able to get an assist in the Seattle Kraken game. So let's not bug out. Okay, so during the course of the game and uh, at the end of period number two, I said the New Jersey Devils were being outplayed in this game. Now, some of you did question me saying like, Trey, this is a good game. It's competitive. And I wouldn't say that they're being outplayed, especially since the game was tied 2-2. The New Jersey Devils were neck and neck in terms of uh, the shots on goal category. Yes, her defense was a bit of a struggle, but you saw the New Jersey Devils just try to answer on back. And Merzlinkus was able to rob the New Jersey Devils a couple of times. We saw it in period number three when Jesper Brad had an open opportunity to try to score and get the game winning goal. And Merzlinkus was able to shut him down with his leg pads. And then we saw Jesper Brad go to the bench and show some emotion and he was frustrated. And we don't really see that from Jesper Brad too often. So Uh, That was kind of a sight to behold. So you saw Jesper Bratt being uh, frustrated a little bit. And I think for Jesper Bratt, it wasn't just that play. He knows the New Jersey Devils need to play better, especially against the Columbus Blue Jackets, because let's look at the facts. The New Jersey Devils defense, they struggled in this game. So I know Ryan Graves got the game-winning goal, and he walks away with a hero but well, let's face it, here's what I saw the New Jersey Devils do on the defensive side of things. They let the Columbus Blue Jackets go off and running one too many times. Now, the thing was that I didn't see too many on-man rushes, but I did see the Columbus Blue Jackets get a head start, if that makes sense. So at one point, the Columbus Blue Jackets did were going on two on one or maybe three on two, wherever the case might be. But I did see the New Jersey Devils catch up to them to suppress their shots, redirect it, block it, wherever the case might be. So even though the Columbus blue jackets were off and running, the New Jersey Devils were able to catch up to them, but that shouldn't happen in the first place. Because when looking at that second goal led up by BTech Vancheck off the stick of Adam Boquist, who is the brother of Jesper Boquist, Boquist got his first goal of the year. And it, he just basically waltzed in and he had a sniper of a look and Looked like VTech Vanacek lost sight of it. And I put the blame on the defensive side of things for the New Jersey Devils because Kan Danico acknowledged it on air. That would have been a tough stop for VTech Vanacek to make. And we got to give credit where credit is due. VTech Vanacek knows how to stand tall in between the pipes for the Devils uh, team. And also, when talking about letting up shots, The New Jersey Devils allowed Johnny Goodrow or Johnny Bum, as I like to call him. They allowed for Johnny Goodrow to get a last second power play goal to close out period number one that tied the game one apiece. And it's worth mentioning that the Columbus Blue Jackets are dead last when it comes to power play success rate. So you're allowing the Columbus Blue Jackets to get that sort of momentum going into the second period. Now I'll give credit where credit is due. And I do need to acknowledge this certain player. Jesper Bratt was able to regain the lead uh, to start out period. Number two, right off the face off. It was a good feed from uh, John Marino and also Ryan Graves. And we got to give credit to John Marino and Bill Spaulding and Candanico acknowledged this on air. This is where John Marino was dearly missed because, and Jesper Bratt even said it during his uh, intermission interview. He said that uh, just getting John Marino back and Marino setting up uh, Bratt beautifully and just setting him up on a dime was dearly missed during the course of his lengthy absence. So John Marino in that sort of way, setting up Jesper Bratt, that was a, a sight to behold. And that's what we were, missing and and that's what made the devils so successful during their 13 uh game win streak but digressing a little bit the new jersey devils still continue to struggle because at one point in the third period the new jersey devils allowed for the columbus blue jackets to go on a 12-0 shots on goal run so what i mean by that is that the columbus blue jackets got 12 straight shots on goal they had a uh, good offensive pressure And luckily, the New Jersey Devils were able to tightrope out of the situation. But you allowed the Columbus Blue Jackets to get 12 straight shots on goal and you couldn't get one uh, yourself. That cannot happen against one of, like I said, I know I sound like a broken record. I say this one of the worst teams in the entire league. And uh, when I say that the Devils got outplayed, they got outplayed to their standards because they have set the bar high. Now, I know Jack Hughes didn't play in this game, but at the same time, you have to play better because the, the New Jersey Devils uh, beat the Columbus Blue Jackets 7-1 the first time we played them this year. And w- once again, I fully support what the Devils organization did this time around by not playing Jack Hughes in this game. But at the same time, I just expected a little bit better. And I think a lot of you can back me up on that claim. It was a great game. And I'm glad the New Jersey Devils were able to walk away with the win. But at the same time, they, they really did not play their best brand of hockey. Can Danico also said that during the complete 60 minutes of the game, the Devils were just a no-show. But let's talk about the good, and let's uh, end the segment on a high note. We saw Ryan Graves get the game-winning goal when there was only like one second remaining in the game. Seriously, uh, had this game gone into overtime, this would have been the New Jersey Devils' eighth overtime matchup in their last 10 games. So what I saw was Andre Palat and Michael McLeod just uh, play excellent teamwork brand of hockey to set up Ryan Graves. So here's what I saw in, in the play prior as well. I, I saw what the New Jersey Devils were trying to do. And I think Michael McLeod did it on the previous play as well, which was they're trying to take it to the far side and they're just trying to pass it onto the doorstep area. They're trying to center it off. And unfortunately the pass uh, at first sailed, but then uh, just a, few moments later the New Jersey Devils tried that same play again and then Andre Pilat, he is the first one to enter the offensive end then he passes over to Michael McLeod Michael McLeod goes deep on in and then he is able to pass the puck right to the stick of Ryan Graves and Ryan Graves all he had to do was just get a quick shot off and it found the back of the net with ease. Merz was not going to make the save in that regard so Ryan Graves that was amazing to see and Once again, Ryan Graves just continues to just show his offensive talent on the defensive side. Things It's been a great showing from him and uh, courtesy of Ryan Graves fan page. Here's an interesting fact. Ryan Graves got his first game winning goal of his career while earning his first ever first star of the game of his career. So this was a big game for Ryan Graves and. Uh, getting the game-winning goal because we've been seeing Dougie Hamilton step up his game on the defensive side of things when it comes to just generating some offense and coming up clutch. Now it's Ryan Graves' turn to get involved into the party. So while Ryan Graves' goal was exciting, I give more credit to Andre Palat and Michael McLeod setting him up because, once again, we saw Jack Hughes during, do it during the course of – a couple overtime matchups that the devils have which is jack hughes especially during the vegas gold knights game and vancouver canucks game we saw jack hughes just find a wide open and send everybody home happy but this time michael mcleod and andre palat took some plays out of jack Hughes's uh playbook and this time the devils were able to end it in regulation so congratulations to ryan graves getting his uh first career game winner and also earning the first star of the game but I also want to give a shout out to our netminder Vitek Vancheck because if I said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Vancheck is exceeding expectations because according to NHL PR, Vitek Vancheck made 31 saves to improve to 11-0-1, dating back to December 30th and helped the New Jersey Devils earn a victory against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And right now, Vitek Vancheck is just 2 points behind Martin Brodeur for longest point streak in a season by a Devils goalie. So just two more for Vitek check and he'll tie Martin Brodeur. And if he gets three, he will surpass Brodeur. And that's a league company to be a part of because I honestly think that Martin Brodeur is the greatest goalie to ever play the game. So that's definitely some uh, – decent company for VTech Mancheck to be involved in. So in the third and final segment, I'm going to give you guys my final reactions to the game and and give the devils a letter grade while comparing the stats. But before we continue, I want you guys to eat happier and healthier. So let me tell you about a partner that has a product that I literally use every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to be happier and healthier. Like I said, my body's a temple, so I got to start treating as such. So what is the stuff with one delicious scoop of AG1? You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, Minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and abstinence to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of those things. So, it's lifestyle is friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Supports better sleep quality and recovery. Supports mental clarity and alertness. It's one thing that's best about Athletic Greens is that it uses best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. So, Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look after your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune support and vitamin D and five free trial packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And now, I want you guys to make some extra cash, so head over to FanDuel. So, the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores and threes drained. As you guys know, I'm a Lakers fan, so go LeBron, and hopefully they can push for that play in spot. So. Uh, You guys know the drill head over to our friends at lockdown bets for all your betting needs there as well. And always remember to gamble responsibly. Okay. So to close out today's show and my voice is about to give out on me. So uh, I'm going to have to wrap this up quickly, but uh, I'm going to compare the overall stats for new Jersey devils against the Columbus blue jackets, and then give a final letter grade. And it was a tough decision to make. So shots on goal differential 33 to 32 in favor of the Columbus blue jackets. It's so weird. Despite facing so many shots, VTech VanCheck doesn't face the same uh, amount of shots that Mackenzie Blackwood does because I can't remember the last time that VTech VanCheck saw 35 plus shots in a game. So it always seems like it just falls underneath that mark just a little bit. But every time Mackenzie Blackwood is out there, it seems like he has to face anywhere from 35 to 40. But that's beside the point. Face-off percentage, 54% to 46% in favor of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Power play, Devils were 0 for 2. Blue Jackets were 1 for 3, thanks to Johnny Hockey, a.k.a. Johnny Bum. Hits 24 to 13 in favor of the Blue Jackets. Blocks 22 to 11 in favor of the Blue Jackets. Giveaways, Blue Jackets led that department 5 to 1. So if I had to rate this game for New Jersey Devils, it's just a tough one because, yes, you're missing your star player, but at the same time, you're playing against one of the worst teams in the league. I expected just a little bit better. I think they got outplayed for their standards, like I said, in the second segment. But at the same time, they did come out away with a win and they did compete hard. It's a tough because do I give them a B? Do I give them a C? I guess I'm going to have to give them a C plus. And I might be being a little generous because, yes, it wasn't the New Jersey Devils' best showing. But at the same time. They did come away with the win. They competed hard, and if this was the same Devils team from last year, they most likely would have lost this game. And it seems like the New Jersey Devils always struggle when, they, when they're when they in the state of Ohio because their last 10 games against the Columbus Blue Jackets in Columbus, the New Jersey Devils have a record of 2-8. and eight. So I don't know why they always struggle uh, when playing on the road against the Columbus Blue Jackets, but that's just the fact that I learned today. So uh, yeah, I'm going to give the Devils a C-plus because uh, they could have played better, but at the same time they didn't have their star player, and got to keep your expectations moderate, like I said early on in this episode. So if you're watching on YouTube, let me know what you think. Leave a comment down below. If you're listening on podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal Twitter page at Tremat4 or the show's Twitter page at LockedOnDevils. And as for today's episode, that's what time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. And I'll catch you in the next episode. And I have a special guest to celebrate my belated 600th episode. I'll give you a hint. He won the Stanley Cup with the New Jersey Devils back in 1995. He is a former captain of the organization, and he went to the University of Wisconsin. So just a a little bit of a hint right there. I think some of you already know who I'm alluding to. He's played alongside the likes of Scott Stevens, Scott Niedermeyer, John McClain, uh, Candanico, and others. I'm really excited for tomorrow's episode. You do not want to miss it. Like I said, I'll see you tomorrow, everyone.